Hey, this is Bradley Weber, and I'm super pumped that you're joining us today. If you're a part of our Release City family, whether in person or online, we would love to connect with you on our social media platforms at Release City Church or on our website at releasecitychurch.org. There, you can stay connected with what's happening within the ministry, as well as giving options and opportunities to connect with other Release City family around the world. Now, I hope today's message encourages you and inspires you to run your race and become all that God is calling you to be. Now, let's jump into today's message. Come on, somebody say, where I am, there he is. That's my prayer every day of my life and every day uh, my prayer is for you guys that we would wake up, wake up every day and seize every opportunity to make the day count and that we would seize every opportunity to walk out our day with God and that includes every area of our life, that we would include God in every area of our life. He needs to be the center of it all. Somebody say center of it all. So... So today I want to speak to you from a subject. I'm not going to give you the title yet. How many of you, I'm just curious, how many of you um, like to take walks? Like to take, I know I'm in a room full of people who live in Florida, and normally in the summertime, that's not something that you want to do. How many like the AC? I'll, I'll, I'll move my legs from the couch, and that's about as far as it gets. But in the, in the, when the winter months hit, whatever that means in Florida, that's, that's a com- com- Comedic joke? I don't even know if that's a word. Comedic joke? Sounds real professional. I'll use it. Um, but in, in, in the fall, it feels really good. And, and my wife is um, as is, is, is health conscious as she is. She enjoys um, taking walks. And because she's not a fan of taking walks by herself, she's not about that loner life, okay? Because she doesn't uh, believe in taking walks by herself, she has this unique ability to get everybody in the house in on her walk. How many know what I'm talking about? Matter of fact, when Connor comes over, I actually think he has a packed packed clothes, uh, packed gym outfit in his truck, not for the gym, although he does that, but because he knows that if I'm there when Amy decides to take her walk, that we're all going. There's only two people in the house that are actually excited about this walk, and they're Cooper and Dexter, <laughs> and they don't get to go that much, because that's, that's a workout all of its own, but What's so bad about taking walks is with Amy, because somebody's like, well, what's so bad about that? Because she doesn't like to take a W-A-L-K. She takes a walk, W-A-O-G. That's the combination of a walk and a jog. And I think it's because her legs are so short, because I'm like walking regularly. She's like high-stepping. And the next thing I know, and and I'm just going to be honest, and, and I've learned that when she asks um, I'm going somewhere with this, by the way. It, it has to do with the message, walking with God. I know some of you are like, man, that's a big fat rabbit you're, you're chasing, and we're watching you do that thing. No, check it out. I, I've, I've, I've learned to, to uh, uh, notify my face, where all my husband's at, that this is a great idea. <laughs> I've already been to the gym and worked out. I, sure, babe. You want to go for a walk? Let's go for a walk right now. What? You ready? Let's go. Let's do it right now, right? Just trying to... Keep that game face on. But how I many knows when we get out there, it, it moves from the smile of my face that my feet, dude, I'm just dragging my feet. Like, why? I don't want to be there. It, because she's walking. 
<laughs> she walking. She's all, she, matter of fact, we'll, we'll take off out of our neighborhood and we'll make a beeline around the elementary school in that little circle. And it got so bad one time, I was like, I'm going to be right here. You make your loop and I'll, I'll pick you back up right here. Just, that, that's just how we roll. And, and I was wondering this week, and I'll take this opportunity to segue into the message for those of you that doubted me, that how many of us, when we're on our journey in our season of walking with God, are like Pastor B on a wog and we drag our feet. We prayed and asked God to, 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 to move, and, and he does, and we step out because we believe it, but then tough times hit, and we start dragging our feet, being we're just not so sure that this was a great idea. <laughs> I think I've actually said that. Honey, I don't know that this was such a great idea. <laughs> so I started thinking about stories in the Bible um, that have to do with walking with God, and, and I really wanted to look at one that... Um, had little to do with what you're thinking of, and I'll, I'll get to where what, what God's thinking of for us today um, and what he's been preparing in me for you this week. But one of the stories that I was thinking about was the story that you're probably real familiar with, the story of Peter uh, walking, on the, walking on the water with Jesus. Y'all remember that story? Just to give you a little background, um, they, all of the boys, I call them the boys, I was the disciples, it, they just finished one of the, the most, and you know this story, one of the most amazing um, miracles known to man, and that was, at that time, the, the largest fish fry ever known to man. He took five loaves and two fishes, excuse me, and he fed 5,000. That was just the men. And, 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 and so, so they're, they're seeing all these things. And so uh, Jesus said, hey, guys, hey, boys, I'm going to stay here while the, while the crowd uh, goes away. And, and see, he sent his disciples on to the other side, and they get in the boat, and they're on their way. And Jesus goes up on the mountainside to pray. And then about, about 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning, he starts to make his way down from the mountain, and a storm starts brewing uh, on, the, on the water where the boys are at. And, um, and so Jesus comes walking on the water, and, and you know the story that, that the disciples were scared. Now, this always bothered me, and this isn't even the story we're going to be on, but this, this boggled my mind because they, 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 they live, they sleep, they, they, they're watching all these miracles. They're, they're, they're hanging out with Jesus all the time, and they don't even recognize the storm is so great. They don't even recognize their Savior. They don't even recognize the one that's been doing all these miracles. And so, and so, so they cried out for fear and Jesus said, it is I, be not afraid. And Peter said, "Mm, I might recognize that voice. Jesus, if it's that you, if that's you, tell me to come. Now this hit me when I, yesterday when I was rereading this, walking on the water wasn't even God's, wasn't even Jesus's idea. It was Peter's idea. That's some kind of faith, right? And so, 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 so. Peter gets out of the boat and he begins walking on the water. And everybody knows he got in trouble when he took his eyes off Jesus. And beginning to sink, Jesus helped him back up. And they, so Peter didn't walk on the water once, but he walked on it twice. And they walked back to the boat together. But that's not really the story that I really want us to look at today. I, I want us to go to the book of Genesis, all the way back to the book of Genesis. It's going to be the 30. Uh, 32nd chapter that we're going to be at. And just to give you a little background about this guy, this is the walk that I want us to focus on. This is the walk that I think, because no, nobody else in the room has ever walked on water, right? 
Anybody? I mean, you're on camera. Now's your time. No, nobody has done it. Matter of fact, it could never be done without Jesus. I'm not going to lie. As growing up as a little PK, hearing that story all the time, I used to, you know, okay, Jesus, I got this. <laughs> Y'all know what I'm talking about? And so, so but that's not the story. The story I want to talk about is a, a story by the name, a guy by the name of Jacob. Now, Jacob has a pretty sketchy past. Anybody else in here in the company of Jacob? Casting out that lion spear, only two people wanted to say they got a sketchy past. What was so sketchy about it is probably something none of y'all can relate to. He had a dysfunctional family. <laughs> and the church said, oh me. So Jacob was a twin. He had a twin brother. His name was Esau. And Esau was the firstborn. And in the biblical culture of that day, uh, the firstborn was the one that, that would receive the birthright and the blessing. And Jacob was set Jacob, that was Esau. Esau was set to get the birthright and the blessing, but Jacob was set to get the leftovers. I don't know about you, but I don't like leftovers. I don't like leftover food. I don't like le- nada. I don't like leftover sermons. I want it to be hot, fresh, and straight out the oven. Can I hear the church say amen? And so I just tell you, the stove's been cooking this week, by the way. The stove's been cooking. So we're going to pick this story up, and this, this is a dis- dysfunctional, uh, dysfunctional family because... Some of y'all know this story that, that his mom, Jacob's mom, Jacob and Esau's mom, she was so sketchy that she came up with the idea because Jacob was a mama's boy. And so she came up with the idea to, 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 um, to um, trick, thank you, trick the dad to bless Jacob instead of Esau. And he went so far as to take goat hair and put it, because Esau, uh, uh, Esau was a hairy man, kind of like dad was. Y'all remember dad had like, like, like this, that's called shave, okay? Because like you don't, that's not your dad's shave. Anyway, so I guess you could say I'm like Jacob. I was a mama's boy, right? And so, and so, 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 he, so his mom put on goat hair and put him in front of his daddy and his dad touched him. He was almost blind and he said, that's my son. So he, the birthright and the blessing went to Jacob. Esau was out of the house. When he came home, he found out and he heard the news that his brother had stolen the birthright and stolen his blessing. Now, because Jacob was a mama's boy, he liked climate control. He was not a hunter. Esau was a hunter. So with that being said, Jacob knew he had to run for his life because his brother was getting ready to, you know, put one on him, right? Take him out. So he runs to another land. Now, this story gets really, really crazy. This is better than soap opera. I'm just telling you. This story gets crazy. He goes to another land, and he sees this girl. Man, what I told you, when you get your eyes off the creator and onto the creation, you'll get in trouble. What makes this even more crazy is he's actually related to this girl. That's a whole other message. I won't even go there. The girl's name is Rachel. So he goes to Rachel's. I'm, I'm just summing it up so we can get into the word. Y'all like, are we going to get there? Yes. Here we go. And so, so, so Jacob goes to, to Rachel's dad and says, can I want to wed Mary Rachel? He said, yes, I, you can have her, but you got to work for me for seven years. So for seven years, he works in the field and in the, in the, in the, in the area where the father was at on the night of the wedding, the dad slips in. I'm going to use this word, the ugly sister, okay? She was, because it says that Rachel was beautiful and all that. That meant, it didn't say any of that about Rachel. So that just, I just. Take that as she was, she wasn't hot. You know what I'm saying? She wasn't Amy Webber. Anyway, so, so I'm, tr- I'm working backwards, y'all. I'm really trying <laughs> to get back. And I got a, somewhere to sleep tonight. And so, so he slips in, he slips in Leah. And he goes, you, I wanted Rachel, but I still want Rachel. You heard that, right? He got a wife and he wants another wife. He wants to keep them both. I want Rachel. He goes, if you'll work for me for seven more years, you can have Rachel. So he works, does that, 
and he gets Rachel. And then he just, this thing starts getting, I mean, it's, it's a whole dysfunctional situation. So he wants to go back to where he, he came from, his land. Things were getting crazy there. How many knows one wife is crazy, but two? <laughs> now I'm meddling in all y'all's business. And so, so we're going to pick this story up in Genesis chapter 32, where, where, where Jacob comes back right before he comes back to meet his brother Esau. Here it goes. Genesis 32, 22 says this. During the night, Jacob got up and took his two wives. Y'all doing the math? His two servant wives. That's four. <laughs> and his 11 sons. And crossed the Jabbok River with them. After taking them to the other side, he sent over all of his possessions. This left Jacob all alone in the camp. Now, if you're, if you're like me and you've ever, ever found yourself in a place where in a season of your life where you feel all alone, I want to stop right here to encourage somebody and to hear these words that those are the best times for God to show up and do something in your life when you're alone because you're not distracted by anything else. See, we don't like to be alone because, because it, it makes us nervous. But that's the, when we're alone, that's the, most, that's the time that we can actually do self-evaluation and have self-awareness of what's really going on. Because there's some, most of the time people we hang out with, they're not going to be honest and tell you what's wrong with you. It's important who you hang out with. Listen, sometimes when, when you don't have anybody else to call, sometimes when you're going through a dark season, that's the place for God to show up. Let's keep reading. So Jacob was all alone in the camp, and a man came and wrestled with him until the dawn began to break. There's a, there's a scuffle going on. And now when the man saw that he would not win the match against Jacob, he touched Jacob's hip, and it wrenched it, <laughs> wrenched it out of its socket. Then the man said, let me go, for the dawn is breaking. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. What is your name, the man asked. He replied, Jacob. Your name will no longer be Jacob, the man told him. From now on, you will be called Israel because you have fought with God and with men and have won. Please tell me your name, Jacob said. The man said, why do you want to know my name? Then he blessed Jacob there. Jacob named the place Peniel, which means face of God, for he said, I have seen God face to face, yet my life has been spared. The sun was rising as Jacob left Peniel, and he was limping because of the injury to his hip. Now, if we keep reading on in this story, we would see that, that Jacob and his brother Esau were, were, found themselves back together, and reconciliation took place. That's how, what God wants. Regardless of the, the drama and the dysfunction, God wants reconciliation. In your family, every one of us have a dysfunctional area or dysfunctional people. Somebody said, no, we don't. Well, if you can't pin somebody that's dysfunctional in your family, chances are pretty good. I rest my case. Say no more. Because some of y'all went, I'll be doggone. <laughs> Dysfunction. <laughs> Dysfunction. But this, this is what God wants. Forgiveness took place. But what I want us to do is I want us to focus not on the reconciliation, not on all the dysfunction. I want us today, for the next 25 minutes, I want us to focus on Jacob's walk. Everybody say Jacob's walk. Today, I've titled today's talk simply this, Wounded and Alone, But I'm Still Walking. Wounded 
and alone, but I'm still walking. See, I believe that Peter walking on the water was easy. Even though none of us have ever done it, because you're like, okay, that doesn't make sense. No, walking on the water for Peter was easy. Because walking on the water and things that, that, that would be supernatural or outside of the norm, that takes God. But walking wounded takes you. Remember what I said? Alone, wounded, but you've got to make up your mind, I'm still going to walk. And I saw a quote this week that said, you didn't get hurt alone, you won't heal alone. Let me say that again. You didn't get hurt by yourself. You're not going to find healing by yourself. That's for all those, not you because you're in church, but for those that say, I've been hurt and I've given up on this Jesus thing. I'm just going to, I'll just, time will heal. Time may heal, but it, it matters that you hook up and connect and get into a room with people that have hurt just like you. Matter of fact, they may be experiencing the same hurt at the same time just like you. So you can't find healing in the same place that you found your wound and your hurt. Because walking on water takes God. It takes God showing up. It takes God intervening. It takes God doing something supernatural. But walking wounded most of the time takes you. Come on, nudge your neighbor, tell him, say, it takes you. It takes you getting up. And get, keep going when you don't feel like it. It takes you getting past your hurt and your hang-up and your limp and get to the other side. It takes you getting over your fear, insecurity, and your doubt. It takes you. God can empower you, but it takes your mind because your mind can talk your body out of a lot of stuff. Because there are many times that I didn't want to go on that walk, and bless God, I didn't go. Amen. Slept on the couch that night. <laughs> Listen, God will let you. He will let you. But there's for you to, to decide, okay, I, I know what you're saying, but I'm not, I'm not going to do that. I know that person. We were, we were, we were um, at Publix the other night, grocery shopping. We come out, and there's this couple. They're in this, um, we call it a bubble car, the Infinity um, SUV. And he's got his hood up, and he's got some jumper cables hanging out. It's dark outside. Come to find, I said, bro, you need to jump. <laughs> it's obvious. He's got jumper cables hanging out with nobody connected to him. How many of us are looking for people who are hurting, who have broke down in life, and they've got their cables out, and we walk by? And he said, he said, and he, they kept, the wife even got out of the car, and they had their two little dogs in there, and, and they seemed like a relatively nice family, and they told, hey, we're from out of town, we knew the battery was, we thought we were going to get to where we needed to, we turned it off, and, and, and we're just stuck, and so we tried, it didn't jump the first time, I was like, dear God, I thought I made the right decision, that's about as much as my mechanical skills allow me to do, I can jump your car off, that's about it, after that, I call Cole, I can't do anymore, and so, and so I, 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 I through our conversation, he said, yeah, we're from out of town. He said, we were just looking for some people that actually look decent and nice because, you know, how many knows in this day and world, you, you don't know. They may give you a jump, but they may give you a jack too. Huh? So let's go back. How many of us are intentionally looking for people who are broke and busted up through life and they've got, their, they've got their cables out and all they need is a jump? All they need is you to connect with them. All they need is for you just to give them a smile. And when we say, I don't want to, God, there's a price to pay for disobedience. Because if that's the case, then I'm not who I say I am. I'm not here to live my life to serve other people. Jesus was the model for how we should be living. 
Let, let, me, let, me, let, me, let me just break it down this way. It's easy for us in this Christian to be all Christianese and, and to be all spirit-filled and, and, and rejoicing when we're all in here together. But what happens when you leave here and go back to a home that's not so happy? It's called walking wounded. What about going back to that house with that marriage that's on the rocks? It's, it's okay to be, it's easy to be faith-filled in here. But what happens when you go back to your place of business on Monday and they know what you did and who you did it with over the weekend? They don't know that you're here today. You're here trying to, trying to build yourself up, trying to make things right. But all they remember is who you slept with on Saturday night. They don't care about what you, and so when you walk in there, you know they all know. Before you got there, they're running your name through the mud. See, it's easy, but that's called walking wounded. Every single one of us have a wound. It's called our disobedience in our past. Disobedience is called, it was contrary to what you already knew. God, <laughs> God, it spoke to you. You're not supposed to do that. You're not supposed to hook up with him. not supposed to hook up with her. Matter of fact, you ain't supposed to be hooking up with nobody unless you put a ring on it. On. Don't hate me. Just get into the word. Amen. There's some DW right there. Just right there. I felt it. God made all of it. He made all of it. He made it. Amen. He made that. But he understands the connection that happens that if it's outside of the way God wanted it to be, you're asking for a whole lot of problems. It's called wounds. And now you're carrying their wounds Amen. because of the connection. Amen, That's not even part of the message. I don't even know why it was put in there, but I'm just, yeah, every time. So scholars believe that this guy that was wrestling with Jacob, that he was actually a pre-incarnated Jesus. Or some scholars would say he was, Jacob was wrestling with an angel. Amen. And I got to tell you, when, that when I read this story in preparation for today's talk, there was something that I read this time that I didn't really pay attention to in times before, and it messed with me. And here it is. Because it said that the man touched, Jesus don't play fair. They in a fight. And, 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 and he even said, he, he, he told Jacob to let him go because he realized he wasn't going to win. What did Jesus do? Bip, touched his hip, put it out of socket. But then he said, bless me. And he blessed him. This is the part that got me. Why after he got blessed did the wound not go away? Oh, I'm talking to a church, a, a room full of uh, Christians. Why? Why was it that God blessed my life, but I'm still having to carry and walk with a limp because of my wounds? This mess with me. Because all of my Christian life, I've been told that God wants me whole. Nothing missing and nothing broken. We sing those songs. Nothing is missing. Nothing is broken. Praise God. And now I know why some people go... I'm not getting into this song because I am broken and I am wounded. Anybody else in here? So when I'm up here going, nothing is missing. No, nothing is. It's not because there's nothing missing and nothing broken. It's because God sees me that nothing's missing and nothing's broken. And that I need to behave myself and walk in a way the way God sees me because I'm not broken and I'm not wounded. My flesh is hurt. 
But I'm going to walk all of my days according to his purpose and his will for my life. It doesn't say that I'm to walk. He's going to walk with me in my way. It says that we're to walk in his way. And that hurts sometimes. We hear it all the time. Once I become a Christian, man, bless God, problem free, hater free, (laughs) financial freedom. Dr. Dave, listen, (laughs) there is freedom, but you can bypass freedom. You can bypass freedom. This is, this is freedom right here. This is freedom. This, this, this word will free you, but you can walk right by it every day of your life. Walk right by that nightstand that has it open. Walk right by that phone that somebody sent you a text with a screenshot of a, 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 of a scripture. You can walk right by it, or you can stop what you're doing that's not important and get a hold of God's word because it's all important and attach it and apply it to your life and watch your day change in Jesus' name. Listen, I, I, once I become a Christian, there will be no more haters. Man, I've got people that have sat in my living room. Watch me now. We got you, Pastor B. We're behind you. But because they believed a lie. How many knows that the enemy is a deceiver? The promise that they made is null and void. Not heard, not heard anything from them. Wounded. Wounded. Don't trust what people say. Trust what they do. They'll show you who they are when they show you what they do. Listen, I never thought in a million years, talking about, you thought, you know, when you become a Christian, everything's going to get easy. I never thought in a million years that Robin's life would be taken because of cancer. Never thought that. She struggled for years with uh, Crohn's disease. That other C word was on my mind because it's been embedded in there thanks to social media. I never thought for a million years that three weeks later my father would pass away to a heart attack. Wound. I never thought that I never thought that I would do some of the stupid jacked up stuff I did as a believer. A lot of people don't want to admit that. Surely pastors, pastors shouldn't admit that because you're the one supposed to be setting the example. The example is God will still use a jacked up person like me. That's the example because there's only one perfect. He ain't here. He's preparing a home for all of us. I believe he's just about finished the final coat. I do. What I'm learning through this story, hear me say, where are we going with this thing? We're talking about his walk. What I've come to understand is you can get a new name. Because he, he said, your name will no longer be Jacob. His, new, his name was, Jacob was deceiver. He was, his name was attached, he, he was attached to his de- deception and his dysfunction. But he said, now your name will be called Israel. So what I'm learning is you can get a new name and still have a new limitation. Amen. He got a new name, but he still had a limitation. And it was new. He still got a new name, but he was forgiven for his past. All the stuff he did, all the stuff he said, all the stuff he stole, he got forgiven. 
God forgave you for all the stuff that you did. Now I'm talking about your life. God forgave you for all the stuff you did. Maybe that time was you down at an altar in a church service or at a camp, youth camp, I don't know, tent revival, and tears were streaming down your face. You got a new name, a new perspective. Now you feel free. Now you feel, and you should feel free. Therefore, there is no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. But you got to walk after the Spirit and not your flesh. See, that's the part that we, 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 we bypass that. You've got freedom, but you still got haters. See, the people that used to run with you, they call you all the time because they knew you were supplying whatever it was you were supplying. But now that you've changed your life, now they're hating you. And that's the same that was happening. That was the same that happened for Peter. He, was, he killed Christians. And then when he got saved and he had a, an experience with Christ, the same people that were rallying around him were now the very ones that were trying to kill him. Okay, so, so let, me, let me start packaging all this up. Here's some wounds. Somebody said, I don't know that I have any. Sure you do. Here's three. I'm going to give you these. There may be more, but this is the three I, wanna, I want us to focus on. Self-inflicted wounds. These are the ones that we do to ourselves. Whether accidental or on purpose, premeditated. I don't know. They're self-inflicted wounds. There are mistakes. There are failures. Our sin the promises we didn't keep, the commitments that we failed to deliver on, the people that we hurt along the way, those are self-inflicted wounds. What you mean, Pastor B? You just mean. <laughs> mean. Husband to your spouse and kids, mean. Ladies, to other ladies that you work with. Hey, girl, how are you? I like that dress. She walks away. Did you see what she was wearing? Mean. Come on, bro. Oh, I'm going to talk about it. Come on. You can come in here, dance and shout, drop some money in the plate. But if you don't have love, Woo. you mean. Come on, brother. Okay, let me keep moving. <laughs> Somebody like, I liked it better when you talked them nice, sweet messages. I'm trying to get us to stop being mean. Self-inflicted, self-inflicted. The next one is they, they inflicted wounds. I'm going to let you point the finger at somebody. You know, that's what we like to do. We like to blame somebody else. They, it was their fault. They did it. They said it. They lied. They betrayed. They left. They hurt. They promised to show up. They never did. I needed the approval of my father, and I never got it. They. Wound. I just wanted to be accepted. Never got it. Wound. They believed something that wasn't true. Said they would be there so for me to lean on. Stop showing up. Wound. They did it. It was their fault. Listen, I get it. You're not to blame for any of it, but you have a wound. How are you walking with that wound? Are you allowing the wound to change your perception of life? Those people that didn't accept me, those people that, 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 that had false promises, fell on the floor, never came, they're forgiven, they're, they're loved. But I'm just trying to tell you, there's wounds that you're going to have to walk with, but you need the help of each other. And if, you're not, if, you're, if your life is not, uh, if you're not 
standing before God saying, I need your help with this wound. You may be alone, but you've got to find, you've got to get around a group of people. There's some faces here that I ain't seen here in a while, and I'm glad they're here. You've got to get back to a place where you're surrounded. Because wounds, if left untreated, will take your life. And the last one is life-inflicted wounds. You didn't do anything. It's not your fault. It's not their fault. It's just life. It's the doctor's report that comes in that you didn't expect. Life. It's where you didn't expect a particular season to be a part of your story. Life. It's where you're, you lost a sibling, a child, or a parent way too early. Life. You're standing at the casket, completely broken. You didn't do it. They didn't do it. Life did it. I just want to tell somebody today, your race may now require you, the race you're in right now, may require you to limp into your future and limp into your destiny. But if you'll just keep stepping, you will just keep walking and just keep walking it out. You will get to the place where God has for you. Stop giving up. If I got to crawl to get there, bless God, you're going to see me cross the finish line. If I got to limp, I'm going to limp. But I'm not carrying the baggage, but I may still have the hurt. What's that mean? The baggage is I'm not forgiven. I got to forgive and forget and still walk with a limp. In closing. What if I told you there are people throughout Scripture whose story is just like Jacob? They got a new name and a new limitation. Every one of us have limitations in our lives. You've been given a new name. If you're, if you're a believer, if you're a Christ follower, you've been given a new name. You may still have a limitation. Paul got a new name. With new limitations. It was Paul. Paul was the one. I said Peter earlier. Paul was the one that killed the Christians. And the very people that that were surrounding him and had his back when he had an experience with Christ, he got a new name. His name was Saul. It changed to Paul. One would think after an encounter with God like Paul had, that life would just be easier. But how many knows more than half of the New Testament of verses you guys and we quote were written by, by Paul in, from prison. <laughs> As a matter of fact, in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, Paul gives us this long list of wounds. He said, I've been jailed, I've been flogged, I've been beaten, I've been shipwrecked, I struggled with friends, ministry friends who say they were going to have my back, they walked out on me. I'm not talking about my story, I'm talking about Paul's story. The people that said he would, they would walk with him, left him. He called it a wound. Paul calls it a thorn in his side or in his flesh. He, he goes on to tell us in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7, in the message translation, it says, because of, the, because of the extravagance of those revelations. What revelations? The revelation of, excuse me, all those wounds. He said, 
because of the extravagance of those revelations. And so I wouldn't get a big head proud. I was given the gift of a handicap to keep. How many knows? How many knows we don't look as a handicap as a gift? But that's what God looks at it as. He said, so, so that I wouldn't get a big head, I was given the spirit of a handicap to keep me in constant touch with my limitations. Satan's angels did his best to keep me down when in fact, all he did was push me to my knees. <laughs> no danger then of walking around high and mighty. At first, I didn't think of it as a gift and I begged God to remove it. Three times I did that and then he told me, my grace is enough. It's all you need. My strength comes into its own through your weakness once I heard that he said I was glad to let it happen (laughs) I was glad to let it happen I quit focusing on the handicap and began appreciating the gift the wound is a gift it's reminding me that I need Jesus every day of my life the person who let me down ah, sometimes I just get too far ahead I need God Now I take the limitations in stride. And with good cheer, these limitations that cut me down to size, abuse, accidents, opposition, bad breaks. I just let Christ take over. Maybe that's what we need to do. And maybe if you didn't hear anything else, that's it. At the beginning of the the church service, I said, Jesus at the center. And then we're going to close it out with this. Let Christ take over every area of your life, your situation. You got problems in your home, let Christ take over. You don't have a perfect marriage, hot newsflash. You never will, but it will be better with Christ. I can't catch a break in my finances. Adam comes up here every week and tells us, you need a break through. (laughs) You got to sow the seed. That's why we're doing that one, that, that, that the year-end offering above our, above our, we've already talked of what we feel like God wants us to pour into the ministry above our tithe because we know what God wants to do and we don't want there to be a limitation based on finances. There hasn't been, but we just want to propel, we want to propel into everything that God has for us in 2022. I believe in, in, in if we don't see it, by December 31st we will be walking on our property next year that's just a guarantee the finances are there there's just some things logistically behind the scene that it's okay I mean we got a financial board they know what's going on when I say that the money's in the account oh man y'all there's just some things that I've got to make sure that everything's right that needs to be right so when we sign the devil can't take nothing back I can't stand the devil. Listen. Let Christ take over. And so the weaker I get, the stronger I become. Public service announcement. Your wounds don't make you weak. They make you a warrior. Your wounds don't make you weak. They make you a warrior. The weapon may be formed. It won't prosper. You may get hit, but you're still here. You may have gotten hit this week, but you came, you showed up, you stood in worship, you raised your hands. That doesn't look like the sign of of a wimp to me. That looks like the sign of somebody who says, yes, I was wounded, but I'm victorious through Christ. And I'm more than a conqueror. 
We serve a God who is true to his promises. He who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it. How many wounded warriors in here? How many wounded warriors in here? Okay, put your hands down. How many in here says, I've been wounded, but I'm not feeling like a warrior? Pastor B, will you pray for me? I've been wounded, but I'm not feeling victorious. Come on, hands up all over this room. Hands up all over this room. Come on, stand with me. Stand with me. Stand with me. Everybody, stand with me. All over this room. All over this room. Father, for those that have had their hand as the worship team's coming, Father, we believe that you are God of the promise. And Father, your promises are every promise is yes and amen. The promise is we will face hard times, but your promise is also we don't have to go through it alone. So Father, I speak to every person that has had their hand up right now in the name of Jesus that you would just, just infiltrate their body right now. Father, just, just move into them right now in the name of Jesus. Father, where they have felt weak, may they feel strength right now in the name of Jesus. For every marriage that's been attacked, Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus that by, uh, Jesus that you would have your way. And that hearts would be mended, but first hearts would be yielded to you and to each other. That relationships can be reconciled in Jesus' name. You're the mender of every broken heart. So, Father, mend broken hearts today. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. God, we honor you in the last 60 seconds. Father, we honor you with hands uplifted high all over this room today. Come on, church, together. Father, we honor you. We thank you for your presence. We thank you that you meet us in this room every week. And, Father, we don't take it for granted. Father, you give us strength through our weakness. And today, Father, we've been made strong. Wounded, but we're walking. And from this day forward, we're not going to be alone. We're not going to run to shelter. We're not, the only shelter we're running to is you, God. We're not running into hiding. We're running to you. In Jesus' name, you are the God of all promises. And we thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name. If you enjoyed today's message, I want to encourage you to like it or share it on social media or head over to our website at releasecitychurch.org and click on the giving link and help us to continue to share the message of Jesus and his hope with the world. God bless you. Have an awesome week.